0: Welcome to Community Chats, an interview series elevating the voices of community leaders in the Lafayette-Oxford University community. An initiative of the University of Mississippi Office of Community Engagement and the Lafayette-Oxford Foundation for tomorrow. Good afternoon, everyone, and greetings. Welcome to Community Chats for today, Wednesday, June 17th. Can you believe we're halfway through June? My name is Anthony Saracusa, Director of Community Engagement at the University of Mississippi, and I am joined as I always am by my inimitable colleagues, Aaron Piser oak and Jody Holland. Community Chats is an opportunity for folks in the Lafayette Oxford University communities to tell their own stories about who they are and how they're working hard to make a difference, a positive difference in our region. Would you like to be interviewed on Community Chats or do you know a leader in our community that we should interview? please let us know. Send us a direct message on Facebook or send us an email at engaged at oldmiss.edu. I always like to remind folks that this is a joint initiative of the Office of Community Engagement at the University of Mississippi in partnership with our friends at LOFT, Lafayette Oxford Foundation for tomorrow. If you'd like to learn more about LOFT and the critical work they're doing in our region, please go to the first show that we published, which you can find on our Facebook page. Today, we have a very special guest, a student leader at the University of Mississippi who has stepped up to organize a campus response to the recent deaths of black Americans at the hands of police and vigilante forces. We are so lucky not just to have Joshua on our show today but to have him as our associated student body president at the University of Mississippi. So Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm so delighted to welcome you to Community
1: Chats. Thank you for that, that great introduction. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, we appreciate you. And we want to hear your story today and um, help to elevate your voice uh, in this important moment. So let's just jump right into it. And uh, could you get us started by telling us a little bit, how did you end up in Oxford and at the University of Mississippi?
1: Yeah. So I. I am um, born and raised from Jackson, Mississippi. I, if you know me at all, you know I rep my city. Um, I grew up in a family of eight. Um, I was a public school product, JPS, um, from kindergarten up until high school. Um, and you know, growing up in JPS, I saw a lot of people, and I went to school with a lot of people who looked like me. Um, but I was fortunate enough through things like Open Doors and. Um, you know, debate in high school and things like in quiz bowl to be able to interact with um, a lot of my white peers who went to various, I would say uh, private schools around Jackson. So Jackson Academy, Jackson prep and things like that. Um, And so when I got to high school and I started thinking about where I wanted to go for college, you know, it wasn't a culture shock to me to consider something like, you know, Ole Miss, like Harvard, like NYU, like a PWI, a predominantly white institution. Ole Miss wasn't at the top of my uh, school list. I've definitely shot for the stars and I wanted to get into an Ivy League school. I thought I had the ACT score and everything to get in, but unfortunately I wasn't able to be be selected to attend Harvard or Yale, but um, I got into Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt for me, it, it didn't have that home feeling. It felt too ingrained into the city of Nashville. You literally had to cross a bridge to go to your residence hall. And I was like, that's just too much for me, you know? So Ole Miss was definitely, it was close. It was favored by my parents because it wasn't too far. Um, and they were they were offering me the money that I, I think I needed um, to be comfortable in, at a university. And so here I am now proud to be in uh, old Miss Rebel. It's been a long journey, but I'm glad I made the choice.
0: Well, I'm glad you landed at the University of Mississippi too. And it's been one of the great pleasures of my few months at the university, getting to know you and work with you. So I'm so glad you're here.
2: Josh, I'm glad this is your home and and you've contributed so much to the uh, university. I want to know about your experience um, of of deciding to run for ASB president and, and the campaigning process. Tell us that process is if another student was watching this and thinking about Uh, Making that decision in in the coming years for themselves.
1: Yeah, so this might be a little selfish, but one thing that really benefited me was the fact that I knew that I wanted to be student matter president um, from the day I stepped foot on the campus because I have this very ambitious goal, I would say, of running for president in the year 2036, uh, president of the United States. And so for me, one of the most important parts of that journey is being university, like being a student matter president at your university. Um, So kind of selfish, but hear me out, it gets better towards the end. Um, So for the first two years, I knew I was like, everything that I'm doing is for this ultimate goal of serving the university. Um, And I didn't really develop my why as to like why I wanted to leave my mark on this campus and make it better until after I did orientation my sophomore summer, um, going into my junior year, where I really got to kind of develop my attachment to the university and, you know, build that foundation for a campaign so my first piece of advice is you need to know why you're running you know i think the student body is savvy enough to you know sniff out who's doing it for the reputation for the the um, benefits to the resume and everything and who's doing it for the right reasons and so if you don't have that reason i don't think you should run because um it's just not going to be an uh, authentic genuine experience for you um i had the pleasure interest and experience of running during a a global pandemic and so my my experience is going to look a bit different from anybody else and anybody probably after me um but i think some of the same things kind of um, apply you need to have a team that believes in you my campaign manager i did know before november but she 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 rooted for me and she vouched for me and that group me like she knew me since kindergarten like she was like my best friend um which really, you know, speaks volumes to me. Um, I don't think you can win unless you have a team that believes in you. And so you need, I don't think you need to have like a, a track record of like, I've done this, 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 and this, but you need to be able to speak to what you want to do and things that you've done in the past that will add some credibility to the promises that you're making. Um, so you need to decide as soon as you can. You need to build that team that trusts you, that respects you, and that will fight for you. When you don't think you can fight for yourself and then be able to talk about the change you want to leave on this campus i think those are three important pieces of advice
3: that's great and applicable to so many things that take place in the community and being a leader Um, knowing that a lot of our audience is community members in this larger space maybe not as familiar with university jargon can you just talk a little bit about ASB itself the mission the purpose of the organization and uh also some of the major initiatives that y'all have planned i mean you've already done some incredible work uh with open doors and now stronger together so can you just tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah so the ASB is the associated student body it is the governing um the governing body on campus for undergraduate and for any student um, here at Ole Miss, whether um, you're undergraduate or graduate. Um, And so our goal is to advocate on behalf of, to serve, to represent, to provide um, as great an experience as possible for our students here on campus. So a lot of what we do, it's a mix of reactive and proactive. So like right now, in this, this moment in time, it's very much reactive because we're constantly learning new things every day. And, you know, people are constantly being challenged and put into experiences and challenges they've never been in before. Um, But also a lot of it is proactive. So coming in saying, hey, I want to make ASB be more reflective of our entire student body, not just those who have access to, um, you know, our student organizations are coming in and saying, hey, I noticed that there is a particular lack of community around um, X or Y issue. And so being able to come in and, in the work to make those initiatives come to um, come to fruition Um, so you know uh, you asked about what ASB is I think that's a pretty pretty good vague general um, (laughs) explanation I think for me what I want to do is make ASB more accessible to the student body Um, I think for a while we've been kind of content with um, with the status quo which so far has been students come to us with their issues and we respond accordingly I don't think that's what a student government needs to be. I think a student government is strongest when it goes out into these different cohorts and demographics on campus and listens to their unique experiences because not every student experience is the same, not every group's experience is the same. And so if you're not making the first uh, step and going and meeting them where they are, then they're not gonna come to you where you are, which is for us on the third floor of the student union in a corner, you know, it's, it's not realistic for them to wanna come to us Um, so that's been my big thing and something that I and I'll talk about this a little bit later as well is elevating the voices of other people making sure that we're hearing every story that we can because that makes us stronger because it allows us to address a broader kind of uh, scale of issues Um, because I think we in the past have addressed kind of the same kind of issues and we've danced around the things that I think really matter so my ASB administration is definitely going to be I think you know Pushing a needle a little bit. And so, Stronger Together, I think, is a, a natural kind of example of that. You know, I don't think, if you had asked me two years ago, with our student government, ASB, be at the forefront of racialized conversations about national events and protests and, uh, you know, Confederate symbols and everything? I would have said no. Um, but I think that's a testament to this new administration, not just me, but the other branches and executive officers that we don't want to shy away from the things that are impacting our student body the most. And so I think Stronger Together um, is, I think, is a a great win, not just for ASB, but for this community.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Josh, you got us started kind of thinking about this uh, this moment, right, in terms of a kind of a response, you know, uh, to to the situation that we're facing in the nation. Can you tell us a little bit about this specific initiative, Stronger Together, where did this come from and who all is involved right now?
1: Yeah, so stronger together. But had to trace the evolution of the conversation. It, it started from a nudge from uh, Dr. E.J. Etney from the uh, Center for Inclusion and Cross-Cultural Engagement. He mentioned that um, it might be good for students to take the lead on a particular initiative designed to address everything that's going on. Because sure, the office could do it, but um, they're very much they very much look at problems that the community have and they work to address it. And so if there isn't a like community need for a conversation about um, the things going on in the world, you know, it might not be best for them to take the first step. And so I thought about that. Um, and I thought about what I'm good at, which is bringing people to the table and having those tough conversations. Um, I was able to help spearhead Open Doors, the Open Doors initiative earlier this year, which seems like two years ago at this mm. point, um, and really, you know, kind of break down some of those barriers between administration and our um, student body. So for me, a dialogue series was like the natural first um, first step in 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 this initiative. And so once I came back to e j with that, we were able to loop in um, the office of community engagement. And so two of the people I'm on the call I me mean, I'm on this interview with now are very much um, important organizers and the stronger together brand, um Anthony and Aaron. Um, and we also have Monica Coleman from the University Counseling Center. Um, who can help give us that perspective of having those tough conversations and navigating around um, the fact that people are coming to those conversations at different points. Um, we also have Nicholas Cross, the, the Black Student Union president, who has been my probably one of my closest uh, friends this past month and a half as ASB president, because a lot of um, the issues that I'm tackling, he's right there alongside me. Um, I think I think that's a pretty... A pretty, uh, I think that's the group for the most part. And um, Where we are now, I think we had a great first dialogue series. I think it blew all of our expectations out the water. And so we've very much been looking to take all the feedback we've gotten and put out an even better um, sequel, I would say, And um, really look at that allyship word and how we can best create alliances across um, our campus and across our UM community to start thinking about the action that we want to Kind of um, effect, and so we have a, another stronger together dialogue series scheduled for next Wednesday. Um, I definitely think we're pushing ahead towards that, and then alongside that, we have different smaller um, kind of um, ways to address some of those things, like book series. And um, we had a film, um, a film series last week. where We just got to uh, talk about um, talk about a particular film that kind of touched on some of those issues. So. You know, Stronger Together, the brand is constantly growing. Um, and I'm just happy that we as a community have decided that we want to come together and be stronger together to address our um, community issues.
2: Well, let's dive in a little bit more as you talk about, you know, some of those uh, events that you put on. Uh, what what really ha- have you done and, and what's come out of that? And then how do you expect, really, as you, we move towards welcoming the students to the uh, towards the fall, How do you, what are your hopes for those uh, interactions?
1: Yeah, so things I've done in the past, um, just looking at this past year um, as a frame of reference, I mentioned Open Doors, um, which was this past, I think the last week of January, um, like I mentioned, which really just allows students to interact with their administration, you know, not necessarily with their work caps off, but in a, a very relaxed and comfortable environment um, I worked closely with the FSL, our Office of Fraternity and Sorority Life, um, last November to help spearhead. I won't take all the credit for it, by all means. In fact, I, I was very much supplemental, I think, but to help push out the uh, uh, a group day of service, which is basically like our old Miss Big event, which is like a big day of community service around the community. And it was kind of tailored to the Greek community, which, you know, one, it gave them like a new way to kind of um, put their members to uh, work and to serve community. But to me, what was most important was the fact that it helped bring those three councils together. Um, I think we all know that IFC and CPH are, I think what we think of as an Ole Miss community when we hear the words Greek life, but then we have NPAC, which I think is too separated, I think, at least in like the general consciousness. And so it really allowed those three to work together and it, we purposely made them work with each other um, across councils. Um, so I was happy to kind of help in that regard. Um, I worked to create a, t- a scholarship this past February, a textbook scholarship designed to service those who don't necessarily, one, have the, get the recognition they deserve for the work that they do in the community. I think Ole Miss does a great job of spot- spotlighting like the, the larger names that we see all the time, um, like like your Ariel Hudsons and Carl Tarts and everybody. But a lot of people do things in their community um, that we don't talk about. They work with the Boys and Girls Club every day they go out and they intern and they shadow and they work to service the people that they see um, around the places that they live. And so the textbook scholarship was designed to elevate those voices. And at least from behalf of ASB say, we hear you and we see you and we appreciate you. Um, And so I was happy about that. Um, and, And some other things I think in the fall for this year We have a very unique challenge of being back on campus but not fully being back on campus Um, and so we can't do things the typical way but I think it's going to be important now more than ever that we're united and that we're accessible and that we have our fingers on the pulse of campus because there are going to be a lot of challenges that we haven't faced before as a university and Um, At least as ASB president, I want to be there and I want to be able to address as many concerns that I I can. So I can't answer your question specifically because I don't know what those challenges will be exactly, but I know they'll be there and I know that I'm prepping to be um, able to tackle as many as I can. Great.
2: um,
3: Which is a great segue to the next question. I mean, you have... Uh, started your term as ASB president during a very unusual season for our university, our community, our world. Um, So what have been some of the greatest challenges as you've stepped into that role? Um, How has COVID-19 impacted the way that that you think about being president, Um, thinking about your work with Stronger Together, and then also just what are some of the inherent challenges of doing this work? quote, normal times. <laughs> I mean, you inherited uh, yeah. a full plate of crises.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not a shortage of um, things I could talk about. But, but for the sake of time, I think I have like two or three that have been um, extremely important. I think the big one of the biggest concerns is that my cabinet and I can't really plan because we don't know exactly what the fall will look like. And so we have no choice but to be a bit more reactive than we would like because we don't, it's, it's, it's hard to be proactive when everything that our campaigned on, for the most part, you know, COVID-19 was like, but how about we don't do that, you know? And so um, I don't think being reactive in times like this is a bad thing. In fact, the more reactive you are and the better you're able to, you know, respond accordingly, I think the better off you are as a student government. So it's not a fault by all means, but it's definitely something I've had to um, grapple with. Two... Um, I think the university has seen a rise in uh, issues of freedom of speech um, because a lot of our incoming freshmen have a lot of time on their hands because they can't go out and be you know, teenagers in the world. And so they utilize social media a lot more than normal. And through that overuses of social media have come a lot of cases of expression that kind of um, marginalize a lot of our minority groups on campus. And so I've had to navigate the fact that I can't really do much as ASB president to address that. Um, but I still have, I'm still expected to address it, especially as a student of color, as a black man right now. Um, so that's been an inherent challenge, um, but also like a, a situational challenge because of the fact that COVID-19 has kind of uh, exacerbated that issue. And it's definitely something I'm still kind of um, working around. I think one inherent challenge of being a black man um, who is the student body president at the University of Mississippi is that you're expected to uh, be a bit more vocal and a bit more present in those racialized conversations, which I'm perfectly fine and capable of doing. But at the same time, there's like a layer of pressure that comes with always feeling like you have to say something, one, but also that you have to say the right thing. Um, That I think definitely like being the only black person on my exec for example so you have six uh elected executive officers and not only am i the only african-american on the um board but also i'm the president so i'm the presiding officer and the basically the um the voice of the student body and so you know navigating like what to say do i need to say something am i expected to say something what happens if i don't say something even though people expect me to say it you know and then living in this time right now where black men are being killed disproportionately um and you know with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and everybody's mind you know as a black as a black man again you know I feel like I have to be vocal about that and I feel like I have to do something about it and luckily I've been able to through stronger together but like if that keeps up throughout the year at what point like can am I am I expected to realistically be able to address every situation that comes up so those are just some concerns that I've been dealing with but you know I think I've kind of managed to navigate them just fine
0: Yeah. Well, and and just from my observation of you, uh, Josh, in the last three months, I feel like you've been able to navigate them in a way that's more than fine. You've really stepped up to the plate and shown what it means to be a leader and appreciate your honesty about the unique challenges you're facing in this moment. But, you know, when you talked earlier about developing that why statement, why you're going to run for president and how important that is, I imagine you probably have thought about that more as you've been in the job and reflecting on, okay, am I, how's this going? You know, am I meeting my why? my why statement. So I'm so curious, like, what are the rewards that you get out of this work? You know, you put in so much effort, right? And you're in such an important position. What are some of the rewards that you're, that you're getting from this?
1: Yeah. So that's a question I get a lot, which is like, why do you constantly put in so much energy? And like, why do you prioritize, you know, being a student leader so much? Because it is my biggest priority, you know? Um, And I think, The the fact that I'm able to make other people's experiences better on this university is enough for me. And I think I always disappoint people when when I say that because it sounds so like generic and like broad, but to me, like that means a lot. Um, So i give you all an example. I was in a meeting with the uh, Vietnamese Student Association a couple of weeks ago addressing the TikTok incident that, you know, had popped up. And I was talking to their executive board, just as an ASB president, with my vice president also in a meeting. And you know, we had a great meeting. We talked about things we could and couldn't do, action items and stuff. And at the end of the meeting, as we were like getting ready to log off, doing an awkward like Zoom goodbye thing that we are all used to at this point, one of the students said, "Thank you, Josh, for acknowledging us." Um, and to me, that has been the most impactful experience I've had in this month and a half as ASB president because I think for a lot of our students here on campus, they don't feel like their stories are being one heard and then two addressed. And I won't be able to solve everybody's concerns. And that makes me sad because I wish I could, but it's you know it's not the nature of the job. But what I can do is be intentional and in making sure that I do my job and my part and listening to people and making sure that we could at least try to do something. Um, and that has been my drive and motivation all year. Orientation kind of taught me that it's important to listen and be there for our freshmen, but ASB as a whole has taught me that I can apply that same kind of philosophy to our entire student body. And I think I've, I, think one of the reasons why I've been so, um, I think successful in stepping up to the plate, like you mentioned, is the fact that people can see genuinely that I care, you know, and then I'm trying my hardest to listen to them. And I think what the university could do more and what I'm gonna challenge them to do is to take that first step more and to listen um, and we know that you can't do everything old Miss, but show us that you're at least doing what you can. Um, I think we do a great, I think, I, I think our university does a great job of telling our students what they can't do, but we don't do nearly enough and showing them what we can do. And so I'm all about showing people what I can do. Thank you.
2: Well, as you spoke earlier, you know, you have a great team and all leaders need a great team. Uh, and I'm wondering how can individuals in the community or students in the, at the university contribute to the work that you're doing on the university?
1: Yeah, I think with, with the philosophy that I, that I have and I've kind of talked about, I think the great thing about it is that anybody can pick it up at any time. You know, it doesn't take much to want to invest more in your community and to be there for your community members. I would challenge whether you're a student on campus, whether you're a staff member, whether you're an actual member of like the Oxford community looking to help out. um, I think being intentional and taking that step of getting out your comfort zone and purposely trying to interact with, um, with people who aren't of the same kind of background that you are is always a commendable first step because it shows that you're trying and it's not gonna look the same for every particular person in every particular organization, sure. But, you know, it doesn't take much to send out an email, to send out a text, to DM somebody and try to find out like what kind of change you could be a part of. Um, so, you know, I could definitely give you like a university specific answer and challenge our, uh, our student body to, uh, you know, don't just don't get caught up in this moment of like Black Lives Matter and sharing posts and everything and then let that kind of energy die keep that drive of, I want to be an ally to, you know, my community, in my community. Um, and I would just challenge everybody else to do the same. Just learn learn how you can be an ally and then put what you learn into action, um, which if you are, if you follow stronger together, that's, uh, that's kind of our whole philosophy anyway. But I definitely think it's applicable to a lot of different situations.
2: Thank you.
3: So Joshua, we call this our one minute moment. So um, one minute to share any message that you want to with the Lafayette Oxford University community. Um, What do you most want to share with them?
1: I think um, a lot of eyes are on us right now. I think we're in a moment in history where we, you know, it's very important that we do the right thing, but also that we try to do the right thing. I want to be back on campus in the fall, um, and I'm sure a lot of our students want to as well. But I also want to make sure that our community is as safe as possible on and off campus. And so I know my this I know my little minute is going to be a little bit more specific in time than a lot of other people's, I'm sure. But I just encourage everybody to do what you can to promote a safe, safe and healthy community because we all miss each other. Everybody I talk to, we miss Oxford so much and I wanna be back and you wanna be back. And so we have to do our part to make sure that there is something that we can come back to. Um, So, you know, I'm gonna do what I can, but I want you, LAU community, to do your part and do what you can. Josh,
0: we are so grateful to you for your leadership, Um, not just in this moment, in the moments that have preceded this and the years before that have positioned you to be such an effective leader, but most especially in this moment. Um, I'm deeply grateful for you, for what you're doing for the University, for the care and compassion you bring to this work, the concern for your fellow students, uh, and your interest in really being a servant. I think that that uh, comes through in who you are and how you lead. So I want to thank you so much for all that you've done and for being on the show today.
1: Thank you. Thank you all for having me.
0: Absolutely. And to all of our folks who tuned in today, as you can see, we have uh, such amazing students at the University of Mississippi. And we are so blessed with fantastic student leaders like Joshua. So thank you all for tuning in, for hearing uh, Josh's story. And just a reminder that we'll be back with you on Friday. So be sure to tune in at noon on Friday. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay engaged, and we'll see you next time on Community Chats. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Mississippi Office of Community Engagement and the Lafayette Oxford Foundation for Tomorrow.